0: It is Legends Territory, Scotty Braun and AJ Prezinski big one coming up for you. And thank you to our MLB Players Alumni Association fam for setting up the best former player conversations. Check out BaseballAlumni.com for more info on your favorite former players. Quick reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, this is also a podcast on Apple and Spotify. Just search Legends Territory, Big Mac coming through, okay? 12-time All-Star, he won Rookie of the Year in 87, Gold Glove, he's got Silver Sluggers, Home Run Derby Champ, World Series Champ. Over 500 career homers, 16 seasons for the A's and for the Cardinals. OPS, lifetime close to 1,000, on base nearly 40% of the time. And I would just say, from a cultural perspective, part of one of the wildest times in the game's history, the 1998 home run chase. Mark McGuire joining us right now on Legends Territory. Big Mac, how you doing, man? How's life? Hey, thanks
1: Thanks for having me, guys. AJ and uh, Scotty, thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, life know this. is good. I can't. I don't
1: have any complaints. Life is really good,
2: Mac. You don't know this, and you probably are going to be like, I don't give a shit about that. But <laughs> I'm just going to. I'm just going to tell you this. You and I have a special connection. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Right? He's like, "You see his face." Like, <laughs> what? So my first day in the major leagues was the day he hit the home run off Steve Traxel, nine eight ninety eight. It was my first oh. day in the major leagues. Okay. We we're in Anaheim. I get called up in Anaheim. We're about to take BP. And on the big screen in Anaheim, they stop BP, and you come up, and you hit the home <laughs> run off track, so, and I'm like, man, uh. this big league thing is kind of cool. <laughs> like, I mean, they do this every day or what?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, wow, what a time that was, right? Holy shit, 25 years ago.
2: Yeah. I believe that.
0: That's wild. That was your first day. First day
2: in the major leagues.
0: was a day, 98, I mean,
2: easy to remember, 9898. 98.
0: Was there ever a time in your career after that where they stopped BP to no. show anything on a screen? No. <laughs> Never exactly.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. Never, ever did I ever see anything close. I, everyone, the Angels were finishing up. They stopped BP like because BP never stops. We were stretching, stop, and everyone looked up at the screen in right center field, and Traxel was up, and McGuire comes up and does a little bat waggle and <laughs> hits Got the it. line drive down the left field line, trots around <laughs> the bases, and I'm like, hey, "This big league shit's cool."
0: Yeah, <laughs> a little waggle, huh? I yeah. get that all the time. Ooh. Hey, Mark, I'm I'm curious to jump right into it. Do you have any PTSD from so many fans and media, especially during that time period, just wanting every second of you? I mean, I don't think there's ever been anything like that in baseball since then. Like, I almost think about it with the guy Wembiana right now, who comes over and is the number one overall pick in the NBA. Obviously, maybe like a a LeBron, but he, even just the the way that the chase back then was being covered. I remember there was one story I think where like you were stopped at traffic and people like found out you're there. They start crowding you. So are you like you know? What? I'm I'm gonna kind of lay low nowadays. I, I had enough person to person interaction.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't go to school for what was what was going to happen to me in '98. I mean, I just I, I mean I just was a pure baseball player and and I was learning on the job how to deal with the media, how to deal with the fans, Um, you know, the, I mean, you think about the fans on the field right now, prior to a game, that all started because of what I was doing. They started selling, uh, you know, tickets for people and groups to come down on the field and watch batting practice. Um, I think the biggest thing was me, for me to understand was I had to play a game before a game just for batting practice. There would be 10 to 15 to 20,000 sometimes in stadiums. Uh, come and watch me take batting practice prior to the game, um, and uh, it's just—I I just one of those things that I had to dig deep down inside, inside my mind to understand and to separate that. That's why I was huge on uh, taking my nap or my meditation, fifteen to twenty minutes prior to the game. I was visualizing. I had a really good game plan. Um, but it all came down to getting pitches to hit. And that being said, how, you know, it's 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 not easy to hit when you're going to the plate and knowing the pitcher's not going to throw you a strike. And so my mindset was I was ready for anything because when the pitchers are trying to squeeze a little bit harder to try to get you out even more than a, than a, a regular player from what I was going through, I knew they were going to make mistakes, and so I had to be ready for that. You know, uh, I think that created me having such a great on-base percentage because I go back all the way and in college when I started hitting. My sophomore year in college, I was you know I went to college as a pitcher, but Rod Data, the legendary Hall of Fame uh, manager, head coach at USC, used to tell me, "Hit is I mean a walk is as good as a hit," and it just stuck in my mind. So it taught me patience, but it really, really sank in uh, in 98, I had to be really, really patient, but being patient as a, as a hitter is not being passive. I had to be ready to hit. Now that being said, the deal with all these, the fans and everything, I had a nice little routine. You know, I would go do my ground balls. I would go on the outfield. I would, you know, shag. And then, then I would take my little 10, five or 10 minutes and go down the, the first baseline or third baseline, depending what dugout we're in. For a homeowner away, and I would sign my autographs, come in and do my batting practice. And um, again, it, it's, it's a total mindset. And I, I dug deep inside, which I didn't think I could ever get that deep inside. Um, and it turned out to be an, an incredible year.
2: So you're the one that I have to blame for all the people on the field during BP now? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm telling you all the, listen, all, the da- all the people I, are like, you're trying to hit." And you're like, "Please no, stop, please, please You're like, "Oh, no, please." No, I'm dude, telling I just you it's listen, it's not
1: it's not it's not like I wanted it. It's like the team <laughs> the team the teams were like sitting there going, "Hey, we can make some money here." Yeah. You know, fans are coming in they're paying for the seats, but you know, what we can get some more money by putting them on the uh, right behind the uh, you know, the big turtle there and watch the guys take batting practice. So, yes, it, it that is the reason is because
2: of me. So, when you were in college, because you mentioned Randy Johnson or USC, you were there with Randy Johnson. I, yeah, I was. And you were, you were a pitcher. So, were you like, I'm yeah. going to be a pitcher, but wait, then I got this big lefty dude throwing 100 <laughs> at 6'10"? Maybe I should be but a You know hitter. what's funny about Randy
1: Johnson is, like, you know, listen, he got it late. Randy Johnson – when he was in college, he was throwing it all over the place. He couldn't hit the side of a barn. And, it, and it's like, but the thing is, I went there as a pitcher. And the first day sitting in Rod, in Rod Dado Stadium, Marcel Latchman, legendary Marcel Latchman, who was uh, you know uh, pitching coach for many teams, the Angels, Colorado, everybody. And, and, and it's, he, he stood up there and he said, I'm sorry, guys. I am going to be going to the California angels at the time. That was the name, not the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, but the California angels, I'm going to be running their whole minor league staff as far as pitching. And so I never got to throw one, one pitch for Marcel Latchman. He's the one that recruited me to go to USC. Uh, I ended up pitching my first year, more pitching. I had some at bats. I hit maybe three, four home runs or something like that, but it wasn't until, I got asked to go play up in Anchorage, Alaska, after my freshman year. And I went there as a pitcher. I took them out of my, the first game for Anchorage, Alaska. Jim Dietz is the, uh, the head coach, and he was out of San Diego State. I couldn't get out of the first inning. I think I gave up four or five runs. The next day, they came to me, and they said, hey, Mark, we don't, we don't have a first baseman. Would you like to hit every day and put pitching aside? And I said, yeah, and uh, I think I won the batting title. I had like 13, 14, 15 home runs that year in that summer league, went to Wichita, played in the NBC tournament, um, I, th- I believe we came in second. Um, and then I came back to school my sophomore year. And at the time, Ron Vaughn, who was our hitting coach at SC was the hitting coach up there in Anchorage. And Ron Vaughn lost his job because Rod Dato let him go because I went up there to be a pitcher. I came back as a hitter. And then my, junior, my sophomore year, I fought Rod Dato back and forth. He wanted me to pitch and play first base, and I wanted to concentrate on one thing, just hitting. I just put pitching aside, even though I, that's what I wanted to do ever since I was a kid, to be a pitcher. I ended up breaking the USC home run record that year. Um, and then Rod Dato, my junior year after I went and played on the Pan American team in 1983, traveled the world, played first base. I came back my junior year and Rod says, hey, I like the three-run homer better than you being on the mound pitching. And I ended up leading the nation that year, my junior year in 1984 with 32 home runs. And I played in the 1984 Olympic team and it was a demonstration sport. And that's how I became a hitter.
0: It worked out quite well. Yeah, I think well. you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: good
0: job. <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> well played. Hey,
2: AJ, I'm
1: sure there's probably many days you probably wished just like I did. I wish I was on the mound. Oh hell no! Hell
2: like, hell no! Not you? No. Hell but no! there was I, nice when I was. I only in the wanted to do it, 24s it one time. and stuff. I only wanted to do it one time. Okay, it was it was somewhere later in my career because you know people threw at me a lot, so I just wanted one <laughs> shot. <laughs> well, I got to throw at somebody and hit them. That was it. I was told, my, oh. I said, if you ever need me to pitch, just let me pitch once. I'm probably going to get ejected, but I, I'm going to hit somebody before the. Oh hey, like, you, you know what's
1: funny? You just said thing. You used to get thrown out a lot. I was pelted all the time. But like Old school. Old yeah, school but it was,
2: men. Mark, it was different though. They were pelting no. you so you wouldn't hit a homer, they were pelting me. Because they knew I wouldn't homer and I couldn't steal. And they were just (laughs) mad at me. They were trying to stop you from doing something. Uh, They were trying to uh, get me to do something. uh, Dude, I I was hit in the head like three or four times in my
1: first two years. And they were all on purpose. And it was all about intimidation. And I remember that conversation one time my, my rookie year. Reggie Jackson. His last year was my first year. I got hit like, I don't know two times and then he goes son this is what he said to me son you're just gonna have to go out there one day and stop it and so I got hit one time and I went out there And uh well it wasn't like the fight over there in uh, Cleveland and uh in Chicago the other day but it it was a I I forget who the pitcher was but I got him a nice little headlock underneath the whole pile (laughs) but that was it and uh, that's the old school. Billy Martin was uh, the manager of the, the Yankees back in those days, and, and he's like, who's this young buck hitting all these home runs? We're gonna intimidate his ass. And you know, that just uh, you're just earning your stripes. And unfortunately today, they don't allow that anymore, but uh, that, was, uh, that that made me a tougher player.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? While we're on that with Oakland, I mean, you've been a California guy your whole life. Does mm-hmm. it sadden you that they're going to lose a ball club? Like, this is a major part of your history and the way it's been yeah. done. I mean, I, I'm sure you've followed it. The way it's been done is, is brutal.
1: Um, I, I followed it not not as closely as I probably should. Yeah, it's very unfortunate what's going on. But it's unfortunate what's happening to the whole Bay Area, Bay Area with the homeless and all that stuff. I, I mean, last year I went up for Dave Stewart's uh, retirement, his number. Um, and I and it, and it had been a couple of years since I've been up there. And we were coming into the stadium and I was absolutely shocked to see all this homeless homes and these uh, abandoned cars and trailers and people were living on, like driving in. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm like going, can you imagine being a rookie and you get the call and you say, "Hey, you're gonna, hey, mom, dad, come on, come to Oakland. We're, this is my, my, my first games are going to be Oakland Alameda Coliseum," and and they have to drive through and seeing that. I mean, I was I was just I was saddened by it. I I really think they can make something work, but obviously it comes down to money. It comes down to money. It, it will be a sad day in, in the Bay Area if they um, if Oakland allows it or Major League Baseball approves it. I think I saw something the other day. I think the Oakland mayor is supposed to be meeting with Rob Manfred and try to get something going. But, you know, I'm, you know, I think it's just more uh, up to the owners in the city. I know Dave Stewart's been a huge advocate of trying to keep it there along with other players. I, I wish they do, because it's like, it would be so weird. Now, listen, Oakland came from Kansas city, Right. But now it's like Oakland's going to go to Las Vegas. Do you keep do you keep the name A's? Where are they going to play if they decide to go to Oakland? They can't play in the AAA ballpark. Where are they going to play there? I mean, it's like what are they going to do for the next two or three, four years when they build that beautiful stadium if that does happen? But it would be a, it's going to be a sad day. Um, there's so much history, so much goes behind that. Um, in I mean, just the the time that I was there for my. From 88, 89, and 90, and 92, the the playoff games, the World Series games, used to pack that place. Um, Yeah, it will go down as a a sad day in my heart and go a sad day in in the organization's heart.
2: How many people have told you, because I used to hear this, I only know Oakland as the stadium they have now with the Mount Davis out in center field. Yeah. People used to tell me all the time. That was one of the best ballparks to go to. They had flowers out in the outfield. Yeah. And they had, like, berms, and they had all these great people out there. And then they built that, and it kind of changed everything. Yeah. I wish I could have seen it like that. Well, it was
1: beautiful. Now, that's that's funny you say that because it's like – so Al Davis took the Oakland Raiders and went down to L.A. And then all of a sudden, Oakland took the fishing line and hooked them back in and brought them back in. That's when they started building Mount Davis. And, and I'll tell you what, it was – It was absolutely a beautiful ballpark. You did have all these flowers out there. You had Bart Station up, the train going through, and uh, up in the outfield. But, AJ, it was one of the hardest ballparks to hit in. With the foul lines, and the ball didn't go anywhere at night. Um, I know I hit 49 home runs my rookie year, but probably lost five, six, seven home runs because the ball didn't go anywhere. The dimensions were, I think, close to 400, the center, 375 in the gap, 330 down the line, but it played a lot bigger. And then the amount of bats that we lost just on foul balls uh, was tremendous.
2: I I feel so sorry for you, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, you know, I just man, I feel five eighty three should have. Yeah, been yeah, you know, five eighty three could have been five ninety or six hundred. Yeah, man, when you're a young rookie
1: kid, you know, and you're playing there, and you're not thinking about hitting five hundred home runs, you're just thinking about surviving. You're thinking, oh my god, I just lost a home run. I hit the crap out of that. But you would, you can ask all these old time players; they would tell you that Oakland was one of the toughest places to. If you're a pitcher, you you definitely would want to go to Oakland back in the day.
0: So let's fast forward. Last year, Aaron Judge and his home run chase. How much did you follow that? Could oh, you awesome. relate to that? Did you yeah. connect with him?
1: Uh, I, I sent a text uh, through a friend uh, to, to to mess uh, uh, to say congratulations to him. Uh, I call. I got through uh, Matt Holliday when he was playing with the, the Yankees towards the end of his career. He hooked me up when, and I got to talk to Aaron when he uh, broke the all-time rookie record. And so, um, but years later, he ends up hitting what he did last year. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a true feat, man. It's just like, I mean, people have no idea. That, and we talked about earlier about the pressures of going through that, I can only imagine what he was doing in New York. And the, uh, just walking around town was, it's a little bit different than walking around town in St. Louis. Uh, walking around town and the media, the media, the scrutiny, the social media today is so much greater than what I was going through. Uh, uh, Yeah, it's just uh, the anxiety, the uh, preparation, the things that can can derail you from your game plan are so much greater. But man, I tell you what, he he is such a force. I love watching him play. Um, it, It was sad to see what happened to him in LA when he he broke his toe and, and had to be out after that great play. And, you know, uh, baseball missed him. I'm glad he's back now. He's hopefully uh, he'll 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 finish strong with the Yankees and get them to into the wild card.
0: And then I also want to ask you about the story of the year, which is what Shohei Ohtani is putting together, because wow. you, know, you were a member of the Padres organization not long ago, and they were in the running for him. And they're probably watching him now being like, damn. <laughs> Is there something well, else we could have said to them?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, well, they, they might get them next year. You don't know. True. I mean, it's, True. yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So I was lucky enough. I was the bench coach with San Diego and they uh, we, we brought a bunch of people up to L.A. Uh, I believe the, uh, the groups he's with the CAA. So we had a meeting at their offices and, and I went as one of the coaches in there. I've never, you know, I watch videos on him hitting, I watch videos on him pitching, and when I watch videos on him hitting, I'm like, over in Japan, I'm thinking, okay, he's a good hitter. I, I didn't see what, I, what I'm seeing now or what we're all seeing now for the last six years. Now, when he walked in the room, the first thing I thought, I was like, holy shit, man, this is one good-looking guy. This guy's an actor. This guy should be on film. First of all, he's tall, good-looking guy. And he carries himself like a true professional for how young he is, or was back when the time I met him. And I thought San Diego; I thought we had a hell, we had a hell of a meeting. And then obviously got the word that the Angels got him. Um, you know, but we were talking about before we started this this podcast. The thing is that I saw about him hitting is I like you know I'm like okay I can see where he can be a good hitter, but it wasn't until. Latter part of spring training, I don't know if it was Albert Pools or any of the hitting coaches there, uh, uh, talked him into his stop doing the leg kick. He was the ball was getting on top of him and he was getting jammed a lot. He stopped doing the leg kick and now you're seeing what he's see, you're doing right now. It's just like it's incredible. Um, we we've never seen anything like this. Um, it's like he's he, he hasn't lost anything pitching wise. He's still throwing an upper nineties. He's got one day he's throwing that. The, the uh, sweeper thing, one day he's throwing the splitter. It's just like he's so creative what he wants to do every time out on the mound. And then hitting-wise, I mean, I can totally relate to what he's going through hitting-wise is because he's sitting there with so much confidence, and he knows that guy is putting the pressure on that ball, trying to make a great pitch. And you're seeing a lot of pitches left over the middle of the plate. If you leave anything over the middle of the plate for him, sayonara. Dude. It's, it's, it is – I mean, it's it's a bullet base hit, gap shot, or a homer. And it's, look, it's so effortless. I think it was yesterday, he had a ground ball past second base, and he ran his ass off and, and turned it into a double. I mean, what? Gentlemen, you need to, we need, we need to all, Major League Baseball, we need to embrace this because we might never see this again in our lifetime.
0: And now he's this close to like the perfect all-around player, pitcher, and hitter that we've, ever seen so what happened like you weren't enough you didn't show him <laughs> some of the dig me videos from back in the day what was the pitch
1: hey listen i was just a lonely little bench coach looked at some videos and <laughs> i t- I t- i told him like man you'd you be one hell of a pitcher you know and i think the thing is that san diego wanted san diego really wanted him to play in the outfield and they thought that he could play in the outfield and do the pitching Again, this is before they switched it, where the DH can and the pitcher can stay in the game. You know, so obviously things have changed since then. But I, I don't know. We, I don't know if we've ever really heard the real reason why he, um, why he elected the Angels. I would assume he wanted to play with. At the time, the greatest player in the game was uh, Mike Trout. So, um, and he he wants to win there with Mike Trout, and I mean they got a nice team, but. Uh, unfortunately, Mike Trout's hurt again, and hopefully he can get something done for him and try to keep him here in Anaheim.
0: And I think back then that was the major disadvantage. You're in the National League, you don't have the DH to fall back on, right? Like he's right, trying yeah, to kind of prove there, himself yeah. there. I mean, that's the real yeah.
1: game, though. <laughs> that's the dude. That's the real game. I, I'm sorry. That's I, I listen. I wasn't a big fan of the DH, I didn't like DHing. The only time that I ever DH is if I was coming off an injury, Tony might DH me for a game to get. Uh, Getting the swing of things, hitting wise, but I wasn't a big fan. And then when I um, when I got into coaching, then you really saw what really goes on. When you're a player, you, you're not maybe AJ because you're catching. You you're more in on it, a lot of the moves and stuff, and you can see if a pitcher's not really having it. But as far as position player, you know, I'm concentrating on what I can do defensively, offensively. And then when I was coaching, man, that's when I really opened my eyes up and you really can see the things that, that really go behind the scenes that when you're a player, you're not in tune to.
2: Yeah. You don't want to see those as a player though. You don't want to know <laughs> yeah. because as a player. Yeah, there's too much already happening. If yeah. you had to deal with all that, because trust me, when I do broadcasting, I get, we get to go in and talk to managers and they give us stuff that we can't use on the air, obviously. And it's well, like, man, if I knew this, when I first started doing it, I'm like, man, is this the way the managers talk about all the players? Is this what they say? This is what they're saying about me? Now I know why. Why this was yeah. happening, right? And you're like, gosh, okay, I get it now. I this game's hard enough. So if yeah. it's a player, you trust me, you want it separated. So it's it is eye-opening, like you said though. Once you it is once you look up and you're like, oh man, this is there's a different side to this that I don't see as a player.
0: Yeah. yeah I I wanted to ask you on that note on the coaching front, because it's a very fresh story about Trevor Rosenthal and how he's kind of brought the coaching and the encouragement and everything that you brought to the table for him, who also obviously had to convert um, from infielder to pitcher. And he said, this is just like a little piece of it. My first spring training camp, I showed up early each day, not knowing what to expect, figured wise not to be late. (laughs)
2: Quickly found
0: the first activity every day in the batting cages. Pitchers have work to be done traditionally. Stuck my nose into the cage. Found two coaches hard at work. Mark McGuire, John Mabry. They welcomed my baby face with a common question for rookie year players. Are you lost? Was that one of your lines to some of the rookies that would come through and they're all starry-eyed? And then goes on with with a lot more giving you a ton of credit of, you know, being the first guy basically to high-five them after all that. Have you seen this?
1: No, I haven't. I am wow, that's awesome. Uh, This is all true, all true. Um, Trevor Rosenthal. Okay, so I'm in there, hit, you know, working with hitters, and then all of a sudden, this young pitcher come and he's sitting there watching the hitters do their work in the cage. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I'm sorry. And then he starts picking our brains and asking us things about what these guys are trying to do. He's trying to better himself. And then, then you hear the story about him where. He had to go to a junior college i believe and he was throwing 90 91. within two years later he was throwing 100. and so the story is just great i mean i love i mean he what a great guy and it's so unfortunate the the injuries he's ended up having at the end of his career but um man what a force i really enjoyed really enjoyed talking about hitting um what i he was picking my brains what you know, and then the thing is, is I would pick his brain about pitching, what he was thinking about trying to do. Because, listen, you know, like AJ, we made a living watching that pitcher, and we made a living on picking things out. And I became really good at that, seeing fingernails and and this and splitters and hands like this. Um, which it's it's funny you talk about coaching. i when I was coaching, it's it's like I used to tell guys, I used to be in the in the dugout, and I used to jump when I'd see somebody throwing a knuckle on a knuckle curveball, or see the hand sideway. I used to jump. And I'm like, can't you see that? And they're like, what are you looking at? You know, the unfortunate thing is these kids today, they're having all this information given to them. So they don't really know how to do it themselves. And uh, that was one of those things I tried to get, a, I tried to get a bunch of players on, on trying to listen. If I had the video stuff that you had today, not the eight, the, eight, the VHS tapes that we had to use. Thanks to Tony Gwynn, the, the, with the video revolution he started it back in the early 90s you know i mean it's like if i had the stuff today oh my god i mean that's just katie bar the door man because i would have such a head start on facing somebody which i've never faced before because i would see every little thing about him and and that's the thing it's like um you have to study this stuff it's not about just seeing a percentage it's about seeing this hand slot where he's going over here he's a splitter change up Man, I I pick that stuff up all the time.
2: Who was the – well, you're speaking about coaching because John John Mabry I played for, he was the hitting coach when I was in St. Louis. He didn't teach me a thing, so you must not have rubbed off on him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm joking. I'm joking. I love Mabry. I'm, totally, I'm totally joking. Totally joking. I love Mabry. John,
1: uh, what, a, what an awesome guy.
2: Man. He's a great – one of the best human beings. Who was the fight uh, – Was you were coaching – who was the fight you guys got into, and you and somebody squared up, and you guys grabbed uh, each other? Arizona. Yeah. Who yeah. did you grab? I and I Dodgers. was like, when I was Dodgers. Yeah, I had, two,
1: I had uh, Matt Williams and, and uh, uh, who was it? Uh, oh my god, um, I forget. Like I had him in my arms. Like I, I was just like, I was so pissed. It's like you know what? It's it's one of those things where I I don't get I don't get really pissed off a lot. But if I do get pissed off, I mean, it. it I get boiling, and, and sometimes I don't even know my own strength, and um, it's just one of those things where it's just like I, I couldn't stand it. They hit they hit Puig, and then they they hit Puig in the face, and then they hit uh, uh, they hit Grinky up in the shoulder, and then it was Katie bar the door, and, and then next thing you know we're going on there, and um, I think it was Ian Kennedy that ended up doing it, and. Um, they had, the, they had the pitcher warming up in the bullpen prior to Ian Kennedy taking the mound, so you know, let's put two and two together. We knew what was going on, and my whole thing was them admitting that they were doing this, and they didn't say a word.
0: Yeah, Kirk well, Gibson, right?
2: Dude, I'm not. Yeah, Gibson. Yeah, yeah. If Martin I'm McGuire not. grabs me and he has me in the air with one arm, and he has someone else in the air with one arm. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Wait, it, yeah. Wait, it, yeah. We do it. Go kick his ass. Put me down but, and go kick you know, his ass. it's listen. It, yeah, I was right.
1: I got suspended two games with that. I got fined. Um, so it, it wasn't a, a pretty moment. And, you know, I, I, you know, I do think some of these things could be happening. I mean, could happen today. Unfortunately, they, 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 they put a kibosh on this thing today. And um, I just wish that the umpires would be a little bit more tougher skinned and, and allow things. It's funny. My, my kid sent me some videos the other day about the old Earl Weaver and Time sort Lasorda get thrown out, but they would go out there and they would put, they, you know, you know, it's all about entertaining the fans. Right. And they would have these like screaming, yelling matches with these umpires and the umpires would sit there and take it, you know, and it was, it was absolutely hilarious. Some of the stories you see and hear. And then today it's like the umpires, listen, I totally respect where they're doing, but I wish they had a little bit tougher skin and not in, you know, listen, they're not going to get it right all the time. Just like players don't get it right all the time. and, you know, I, I just wish there were sometimes the umpires would say, you know what? AJ, you probably see this behind home plate. they say if umpire misses a call, right? He calls a strike, he misses it, and the player turns around and starts screaming at him. If an umpire just said, you're right, I missed it. What's the player going to do? The player's just going to sit there and go, oh, he, he can't argue that. The umpire just admitted he missed it.
0: That you know, helps. And, and hey, over
1: with a lot. But the if thing is, the umpires today, they want to be right all the time, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. Who cares? Who cares? Um, so
0: anyways, did you like coaching and do you want to jump back in at any point manager? Did you ever think about any of that or you felt like you had your time?
1: I think the time's over with the games changed. Um, I think there, there was a time that, yeah, I did thought about managing, but never got a call never, uh, you know, no, no interviews, nothing. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I really enjoyed being the hitting coach in St. Louis and, and then and in L.A. L.A. was a, was a challenge for me, um, being with a team with a bunch of veterans. And I took that as a challenge and, you know, ended up going to the playoffs quite a few years in a row. And then, uh, and then they made the switch. Andrew Friedman uh, came in, gave us one year. And then the next year, he, he, he relieved all his coachings along with uh, Donnie Mattingly. Um, And then I was lucky enough to go to San Diego, be a bench coach with Andy Green, who I truly believe is one of the smartest guys in baseball that I've been around. Um, He definitely is on the – I mean, he is up there with Tony La as far as game management. Um, And unfortunately, they didn't give him the teams that they have now in San Diego. Um, So – but, you know, being a bench coach, um, I thought that's like the next step to be maybe a manager – but, unfortunately, the bench coach, um, you know, I did both sides of the game. I studied both sides of the game. I'm at the beck and call of what Andy needs. Andy was so smart. He basically did everything himself. But if he needed advice, I was there for him. But the one thing that was sort of, um, you know, I just was in that gray area. I couldn't really go work with the hitters. I couldn't really go work with anybody on fielding-wise. Um the players would look at me, go, hey, well, we have hitting coaches. Hey, we have this. And then, you know, then you have other coaches saying, if you're not, if that's not your area, then why are you coming to talk to my other coaches? And, you know, there's a lot of insecurity in the coaching business, uh, which, you know, I, I see. But with me, the more, the more you can talk about, the, we're all talking about the same thing. And the way that the players perceive it and understand it might be, might get it with what I'm saying compared to what the other hitting coach is saying or the other infield coach is saying. Um, they might, it might resonate, and there, there's no problem with that. And it's like we're all collaborating together. We all try, we're all trying to do one thing: is to get the best out of the player and to uh, and to try to win. And unfortunately, the the bench coach job there was uh, it was a little bit. I found myself shagging more than doing anything else, and. Um, we had a lot of young kids that probably shouldn't, shouldn't have been up in the big leagues and, um, it wasn't a good culture in there. Um, it was a a lot of losing, a lot of guys that were DFA'd and stuff that it was unfortunately because Andy Green, I wish Andy Green would get in. Hopefully I, I really do. He's there working in Chicago, the bench coach, and, you know, hopefully he'll get in the shot because he's absolutely brilliant. Um, and he's got unbelievable people skills. So. Yeah, um, it was. It was. <clears throat> I enjoyed it, but it was a little tough time for me there
2: in San Diego. So, are you saying Andy Green was better than Tony Larusso? No, I'm not saying no, no, no. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I was gonna say you're gonna be getting a phone call. Tony's gonna be like, <laughs> "Uh, Mac, uh, this is Tony. Now I'm gonna throw a head. I'm <laughs> no, then protecting listen, you." <laughs> no, no,
1: so Tony, Tony had Andy when Tony was over in Arizona, and Andy was their double-A manager over there, and then he ended up becoming third base coach. <clears throat> excuse me, for the Diamondbacks. So uh, so Tony knew how smart Andy was, and then I got a chance to see that, and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I, I got another Tony on my hands here. This is unbelievable. But unfortunately, he wasn't given the team uh, that that obviously they have now, um, and knowing what I know that Andy can do, uh, Andy, Andy can definitely be a, a winning, winning manager.
0: We'll swing right back to Legends territory in a sec. Let's shout out our good friends that hook us up with the sweetest shades in the biz yes shady rays who we are excited to be partnered with for this run of legends territory do you want world-class products without paying your ass off these are your guys right here okay if you like what you're seeing right now but you feel like you shouldn't be paying At ridiculous prices for polarized sunglasses that look good, that give you all of the style, all of the protection from the sun for your eyes. This is where you need to be looking. Plus, it's not just about how you look, but how you're treated, which is important here with FT and with LT and with everything that's a part of the Foul Territory group and the Legends Territory shows. Is if you have a problem like you lost or broke your shades. We don't need to have a whole talk show about it. Okay. I like how AJ is really contributing here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking good in my shady rays. Oh,
2: Now that I took them off, I can contribute.
0: Thank you. Actually, I liked what you were doing. Just, just shaking your head, agreeing with everything I say, which is rare.
2: I'll go back to that.
0: <laughs> but If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. That is part of the Lost and Broken Replacements plan. And also Shady Rays has a great setup for receiving shades and maybe you're not into them within the first 30 days. Cool. Return them. They'll get you something new or they'll refund what you've got. So lots of ways to be taken care of by the best in the biz, Shady Rays. And we want to remind all of our Watchers, listeners of Legends Territory, that you too can be like AJ Piercinski. Exclusively for Legends Territory watchers and listeners. Shady Rays has given out their best deal this season at shadyrays.com. Use the code FOUL, F O U L, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. AJ, you nailed it. Back to Legends Territory.
2: Did Tony? You guys were the Bash Brothers in Oakland with Tony as your manager. You guys won
0: one World Series. You, there
2: was like two other ones yeah, you guys played yeah, in that didn't yeah. go the same. Obviously, yeah, uh, that's bad. why I think you picked up Kirk Gibson with one because you're mad about the home run and Matt Williams was. You know, you were like, "Well, Matt Williams, we you let us win one, so I don't know which oh, one to throw first, right?" right? So, oh my gosh, just <laughs> uh, talk Kirk about Gibson. those. To, talk about those. Yeah, we'll get to Kirk Gibson after we talk. We want to talk about you winning first. And then we'll okay. talk about Kirk Gibson. Yeah, but well, do you guys think you should have won more? Because you won '89, oh, obviously, with the earthquake. But right. do you guys think you should have won more than just the one? And especially in that won, run, we should have won. We should have won three
1: in a row. Should have won three in a row. And uh, you know, that I think the Dodgers that year were, um, God, I don't even know if they had 90 wins that that year. Um, and they had a bunch of uh, players on the team that just gelled at the end of the year, and they just they just ran the table. you know. So, um, 89, yeah, it was a great run. And the thing is the unfortunate thing is we, we had the, the, the earthquake and that was, uh, that was crazy. I, I'm, I'm, um, it was right before the third game. And, and I remember I was down the, uh, third, uh, third baseline. I was just bending over to stretch my hamstrings. And the next thing I, I thought I was surfing. The ground was just like going like, oh, my God. I'm like, I looked up, and I'm like, oh, my God, look at the light standards. They're just swaying and swaying. And I'm like, well, that's an earthquake. And then it was just quiet. Everything went out. Um, And then nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to do. Um, And then we found out that our families that I think we had two or three buses that left Oakland, came across the Bay Bridge. They just obviously passed the Bay Bridge 15, 20 minutes prior to the earthquake. Uh, they were just coming into the stadium at that time. Thank goodness, uh, or they they could have been in that uh, when the bridge collapsed. So we ended up standing around and and um, um, I don't know how long it was, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, and then we had to we went and got her. They ended up calling the you know obviously the game. The, the Marina District is is on fire. Bob Welch, who was one of our great starters at the time and you know his family was down there and he you know
0: the rumor was i heard
1: he i mean he was severely add and he loved running so my, i heard that he he t- tried to take a car but the traffic was so much on the freeway that he ended up getting out and he ran all the way down to the marina to see if every and luckily everybody was okay but it took us it took us over three hours to get from San Francisco back over to Oakland. We had to go all the way down to San Jose and come back up the eighty, um, and and then we had then we had ten days off. And we ended up flying down to flying down to Phoenix to practice uh, to have inter squad games uh, down in Phoenix. And then we came home and then we ended up winning two straight there and um, and won it four nothing against the Giants.
0: Mac, I want to take you to um, current times here, and what's Wait, left.
2: We didn't even know. We didn't get to hear about Kirk Gibson. I want to know what his reaction was okay, to Kirk Gibson. But <laughs> well, we talked about the winning. I want okay, to get, because this is pro- okay in in the history of baseball. Yeah, it's one of the top five home runs ever hit, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yep. has shown them. I mean, his home run to in, when he hit sixty-two. I mean, you know, Kirk Gibson. There's a, you know there's a few that have that are like oh wow and people are like so he was were you on the field when this happened were you at first base yeah it, was first, it went right over my head were you yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> just happened yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah and it's um, well the thing is is like so Dennis Eckersley who was nails right never walked anybody never did anything he walks Mike Davis who was the pinch hitter on four straight pitches. And and that was the thing that I was like sitting there going, what are we doing? I mean, really? So if he hits the home run, he ties the ball game. What are we putting, what are we putting, what are we having the supposedly the go-ahead run come to plate? And I couldn't believe that. I was just like, what, what, I mean, I've never seen Dennis do that, really. Four straight balls. He ended up walking, and then on top of that, he was a pinch hitter. And I, I don't ever think that we ever thought that Kirk Gibson was gonna be pinch hitting uh, he couldn't he couldn't do anything was, uh, I, I believe his hamstring was totally separated and it was just completely but that's his mentality former football player and and his mentality was I'm not going to be on the uh, back then they called it the DL and and um, now IL, but it's so he ends up come hobbling up there and and as the story goes that uh, uh, I think uh, it was a didier Bob Didier I believe it was the scout. Told him if he ever gets to a 3-2 count, it's always a backdoor slider. And that was the thing is like he had no chance on Dennis's fastball. No chance. You can see that if you go back and watch it right now, he had no chance of doing it. There was a, I think he topped one over and, you know, I went up the field, it was, it was just barely fouled by a foot or two. But and all of a sudden, he, threw, he, remembered, he remembered that and threw that backdoor breaking ball. And that was the only pitch that he can ever put into play. And he, he did it, hit it over my head and, Turned her, put my head down on the ground, and walked in the dugout. It was as quiet as could be.
0: Years later, he got him back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not
2: exactly. Not exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: No, I, no, I mean, no. I, I mean I, you know, you hate to bring up bad, obviously, but that yeah, honestly just, is like one of the iconic home runs yeah. in baseball history because it happened in the World Series. Yeah. It was so, I mean, and, yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark grabbed him and was like, hey, ragdoll, this is, i to throw
0: you over here.
2: <laughs> I and mean, Kirk Gibson was. A bad dude now. Yeah, it was
0: a, yeah. That was, that's why that was a legendary yeah, brawl with the coaches yeah. more than the players.
2: Yeah. We're not talking about the brawl. We're talking about you know other stuff. Other stuff. Yes, yes. I, we got into it. You were in you were in L.A. in fourteen, weren't you? Were you not? Twenty fourteen, you were coaching. Fort yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I was with the Cardinals and we cleared in the playoffs. And I'm like, if Mark McGuire comes to get me, I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because we cleared in L.A. Because Adrian Gonzalez said something to Yachty, uh-huh. and he he uh-huh. scored or hit a home run, and then and I'm like, oh shit! If Mark McGuire grabs it, I don't, know, I don't want no fault. Where's, where's Kershaw at? We can hug over here. I'm, like, I'm to to yeah. McGuire get a hold of me though. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
1: like you said, they're they're all hug fest usually, except for the other day. That was pretty.
0: Yeah, funny. exactly. They stand out a lot nowadays when they're not hug fest. Yeah, sure. That's why I'll tell you. Yeah. Hey. Mark, do you, do you think about the Hall of Fame at all? Like, th- is that on your mind? Do you get asked about it a lot? D- do you care about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I care about it, but it's you know, I mean, you know, I, if, if it happens, it happens. It's it's um, it's one of those things that unfortunately um, I missed my time, and if, if there's a time when it's uh, with the um, uh, the committee, the, the separate committee they have now that uh, might vote us. Vote me in. I mean, I. I mean, that would be an unbelievable uh, feeling. But it's 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 fast as time. It's um, you know, what else am I going to say? It's unfortunate.
2: I, I listen. I'm. I was in. I wasn't in it, but I was kind of at the tail end of it, whatever you want to call it. But I, I think that you know what you did for baseball alone in the uh, 1998 with with Sammy. Right. You were lucky. You're fortunate. Mm-hmm. You had someone with you. I mean, what you went through, you talked about the fans, you talked about the home runs, you talked about people following you everywhere. It, it's almost like a Cal Ripken moment when, remember when he broke the, yeah. the record, right? That was a moment. I mean, and so for me as a kid and then as a minor league player, and then coming up and then getting to watch it live, I mean, that alone should give you credit because you're not, it's not like you're not a well liked guy. Everyone I know loves you. I mean, you're, we're talking to you here, you've been great. So it's not a thing of that. No, I'm serious. Everybody, no, no, like Carras. Obviously, I know well, Eric yeah. so, Like they all talk about you, like on a different level of a of a great guy, and so and that always is supposed to play into it. And I just don't yeah. see how there's a way that with all you did and for baseball, playing baseball, that they should, you know, and and whatever whatever happened happened. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I, but I, I, agree, I believe yeah. that. I believe that there should be something where you. Barry, Roger, the, the guys, like the dudes that were the dudes. You know the dudes. Because you played right. against – I played against – There's you know, a lot of against, dudes. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes that didn't get in for various reasons. But I think they should – there should be a way that we should get you in and, and the dudes. You, you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. You know, again, it's like – obviously, this. The, it's up to the committee. The committee's uh, with – some of the Hall of Famers uh, and, a, and a few riders, I believe, and so I mean, if it does, if it does, it's fantastic. I mean, it, it would be an unbelievable moment. But I'm not going to expect it. Um, you know, the, the, to your point, like saying that, and I'm a nice guys like that's all I thought about was was being nice to my teammates and, and respect my teammates. And you know, the, the thought that people forget, they they look at what I what what happened. But the, the, the thought of w- what – it's not like I meant to have this happen. It's just like – it just happened. And to basically put baseball on my back and, uh, and turn it around and, and get people to love the game again after what we did in 94, and it, it's just one of those things I think a lot of people forgot about that. Um, you know, it's like, listen – I agree with you. I, I, you know, even though the size might see something, but the sensitivity inside and the feelings that I have for my teammates and how, like, when I went through 98 and how I was embarrassed that the, 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 the media would come up and talk to me every game and take away some notoriety from the players amongst that clubhouse that did really well that game, they wanted to come talk to me about not hitting a home run or hitting a home run. And it was one of those things where I almost felt embarrassed about it because I was like, oh, my God. Listen, I, I couldn't have any teammates even want to go out with me. They, 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 they couldn't go out with me because they everywhere I went. And I, I, I've said this story a few times. You know, I, I had two security guards with me, and they, they had rooms next to me for the last, I believe, month and a half of the season on the road. And They're both packing. Um, they didn't want to have anything happen. That there was, as the rumor was, what happened to Hank Aaron, and supposedly stuff. And you hear about the stories about his mom coming and, and hugging him, and th- think that something was going to happen. You know, they, I, they they were carrying stuff with them. They were they were packing. Uh, they were PD guys, uh, um, and so it's one of those things that you know I I really you know. Listen, I did what I did in the, in the hard work that I put behind it, the, the, the amount of mindset that I had to go through, and what I had to go through that last weekend of the season. I was just telling this story the other day. This young kid that I, that I was working with asked me, he goes, hey, how was it going to that last week with, with, against Sammy? so I said, well, let me tell you. So I'm sitting on the field um, that Friday night. Sammy's playing in, in Houston. And the whole stadium has the game on watching Sammy in Houston. And I'm sitting there, and, and and all of a sudden I hear this, oh. And he went ahead. He hit 66, and I was at 65. And then I said to myself, I said, I can't let this happen. Because it's like, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I'm sitting there going, okay, I broke the record first, but if Sammy takes this over, He's gonna have the record. And I in my mind, I dug as deep as I can dig dig. dig. I was like being Tiger Woods winning all his championships. I was like Kobe Bryant doing what he does. And it's and it's one of those things where I ended up hitting five home runs in the next three days and ended up with 70. And and it's it's just like I it, it's just the mindset can get you to get get you places where you don't know. And it's unfor, it's unfortunate that I, I guess people want to forget that. And, uh, but it's just one of those things that, you know, listen, I apologize for what I did and, uh, it didn't have to happen. I didn't need it. And I'll tell you what, um, that was fucking a lot of hard work that I, that I fucking put in and, and, uh, I appreciate AJ, you saying those things and everybody saying those things about me and hopefully someday that I do get a
2: call and, um, and I, and I, and
1: it would be such a great honor.
2: Do you feel like you're being unfairly punished, or you maybe your group? Maybe I should say the group of you, not maybe singling you out as just yourself, but kind of that whole group of again the same kind of the same people are being unfairly punished of because of a bias or whatever you want to call it.
1: Well, it it seems like it. That's what it is. You know, it, um, I think I heard Barry say it the other day. There there was no rules and there was no regulation. Um, believe me, trust me, if there was any rules in place and, and that stuff would have never happened. Um, there was no testing, there was no nothing. Um, so it's like, um, you know, and, and, and I, and I agree with what Barry was saying. It's like, there's like, listen, it's, it, that was the culture. That was, that, 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 that's what was going on back in those days. And, uh, and whatever um, but I can personally tell you, from from me, knowing me, listen, I didn't need to do it, and and I apologize for it. And uh, but there was a lot of fucking hard work that went behind all the shit that uh, people want to give me to to do what I did.
2: Did listen, I I mean, I, again, I came up right at the tail end. I, I told you that. But for me, like I, like you said, there was no testing. It was it was the wild west. I mean. It literally was, and 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 then once they started testing, like whatever you did before there was testing, and, and again, I know it wasn't legal in the U.S., right? Like it was, you know, whatever, whatever. But once you started testing, and then if you got popped, that was when I was like, as a player, I was like, now these dudes are like hardcore bad, bad right? But if you were doing it, whatever you did, like that, like it happened before, and some people felt, and, and I think Barry said this, and, and some other people have said, I need to keep up with – because there was a lot of people doing it. And I'm not going to name any names, but I knew I played with a ton of guys. And some made it and some didn't that did it, and they still didn't make it. Right? So, to me, it's like, okay, there was this generation of players that were unbelievably good. And, Mark, you can't tell me that you don't know dudes that are in the Hall of Fame that did it. I, I mean, I, I knew. and and that's fine that was their thing but you can't be selective about it you got to be hey this is what it was and you like you said there was a shitload of hard work that went in and you worked your ass off and you put baseball on your back in 98 and and made it a thing again right well I
1: mean I mean to your point yeah I mean it's like yeah I know a lot (laughs) I know a lot but you know I'm I'm from that school where I keep things to myself and You know, I'm not going to sit there and and point fingers at anybody, but yeah, I know a lot and, and I'll just keep it there. And listen, all I can do is, and this is where I I just take responsibility for me. And that's all I can worry about is me and and being a good person, being a good human being, being a good father, being a good, you know, um, husband. And and that's all that I, that's all I care about. So, uh, you know, I know I can wake up every day and, and look at myself in the mirror and and appreciate what I see. It's been a lot of hard work. All that's been getting a lot harder as you get older. (laughs) So, you know, but- (laughs) Tell me about it. You know, I'm a couple, I'm a, uh, what, a month and a half away turning 60. So it's just like, it's it's unbelievable that I'm gonna be 60 years old uh, come October. Um, Yeah, so that's, it's really, it's crazy. I've learned a lot about everything in the last 22 years of being retired. You know, start a family,
2: Scott, have five hey, Scott kids. Hey, Scott's jealous of your bicep. When you, when you went like this, Scott was like, damn, <laughs> I need to get to working yeah. out.
0: He's doing the interview uh, with a hey, gym listen. behind him, you know? Come yeah,
2: on. Yeah, I'm in the gym
1: every day. Listen, I got a 20-year-old son. I got a 19-year-old son. And I got triplet girls that just turned 13. So I got to stay young as a, as a father. They got to keep me running around. And, you know, so um, it's a beautiful thing. Got a great wife. And, you know, it's. Yeah, I'm living a good life, so it's just, uh, I enjoy watching my boys play the game, and, you know, and uh, that's that's sort of like what my job now is, right now.
0: Hey, I, I want to, one more on the home run, Chase, I want to ask you about Sammy. I'm assuming you're not keeping in touch, he has not been, I know, like you said, you did you did enough for the game for a while, he has not been in the limelight, the mm-hmm. Cubs situation has been weird. It seems like, yeah. like, like you don't have that. Like you, you've gone back to St. Louis and all that. You guys have a great relationship as most former players do. I don't know what exactly all went down. I know it's been written about a lot, but you know, what do you think about Sammy and, and kind of his separation from the game yeah. and the organization? Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. I don't know because it's like, I don't know him personally. And that, I get that asked a lot. It's like, Hey, who, what about Sammy? I'm like, I only knew Sammy on the field. I never got to know Sammy personally. So it's just like all the players, basically the players that I played against. I mean, there are very few players that I got to know personally, but yeah, it is unfortunately what's happened with, with Chicago. I have no idea what's going on there, but you know, I understand that he's a successful businessman and down in, I believe he's living in Florida. He does a lot of things overseas from what I've heard, uh, true or false about that. But, yeah, it would be nice to see him get back with the Cubs. Actually, you know, it's funny. You know, my son got drafted last year, and he's with the Cubs. So, it's like (laughs) – it's it's so funny. It's like, you know, the little battle that we had, and now one of my boys is playing for the Cubs.
2: Mark, when – I love what you just said, though. You didn't know anybody off the field because it was frowned upon. You weren't playing grab-ass with the other team. I mean, I, I guarantee you Tony was like, you don't talk to the other team. And you had guys, you're pitching no, guys, exactly and your coaches right. were yeah. like, you yeah. don't talk to the other team, especially when you were young. They're like, oh no, they're the enemy. And so to hear him say that, I mean, think about it, we you know, you had the handshake where you guys were like giving each other. Yeah, like, well they were marketing
0: but, them together. But, no,
2: but no, I understand that. But for to hear him say, like, I only knew him on the field. I mean, that's yeah. well, I mean, it's I mean, pretty I mean think remarkable. AJ, think about it. Like, everybody thinks all
1: the actors know everybody. They don't really know any but they don't know each other. Like just. You're a great actor. I mean it doesn't mean you see the guy. You, you might do some acting with him, or but it doesn't mean you know him personally. They're a teammate or they're they're on the other team. It's like, I mean, it's like you don't know everybody you work with in, in any kind of line of business. It's like they're they're a part of your team. You know them, you see them, you go away. A lot of my friends that I have were non-baseball friends, and it's like I only had a very few select friends that are away that were baseball players away. and as you know AJ once the season's over everybody scatters away and they go home and they go back to their families. so um, yeah it's it's one of those things where it's it, it you know everybody everybody thinks that we're all friends and but back in those days to your point, yeah it's like it was frowned upon if you were out there running um, sprints before the game and then next next thing you know you're hugging and, and talking for five minutes before the game.
0: So let's finish with Mason drafted by the Cubs in 2022. I'm
2: sorry. Oh, wait. I've <laughs> <Well,
0: laughs> you, got Mr. Cub next to me here. Yes,
2: exactly. Mr. Cub. <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> Mr. Cub 2.0. But but really, I mean, how cool is it for you now to be able to see Mason kind of working his journey to try to get to the bigs yeah. and, and to be dad? AJ talks about this all the time. It's like the balance of, well, you know, I was pretty good at this. I could probably give you some tips, but, you know, kids don't want to hear everything from their parents, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark was better than I
2: was, so they might listen to him.
1: (laughs) No,
0: well, you know, my son's a pitcher. So, um,
1: yeah, I try to help him out because, like I tell him, I'm like, you know, hey, listen, I made a living watching pitching. So, you know, uh, even though I don't know the – everything about pitching, I can see what's going on. I can see if you're tipping pitches, I can see your body language, I can see everything. So, yeah, he's 19 years old. He's, uh, he's pitching the Arizona Development League, which is their new rookie league. And, uh, you know, he, he's, doing, he's doing okay. I mean, he's, 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 he's had his licks, he's learning from them. Uh, I'm, like I told him, I said, listen, you're 19 years old. This is like your freshman year in college um, every outing good or bad, you have to learn from it. He's trying to master his craft. He's, he's never really had a pitching coach. We've just sort of winged it. Um, he's in conversations with uh, a few of my friends that, um, that are, uh, pitching coaches and, um, and so, you know, he's doing his thing and, you know, I go out there, I was just out there last week watching him pitch and, you know, it's 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 great. I love it. Uh, this, the only thing is, the toughest thing is you you can't do anything about it. So, I I got more anxiety. I'm sure every parent says that, and I, I'm sure every parent that that played the game that has a kid playing today, you have more anxiety watching your boys than you did when you played. And it, it's a true statement.
0: Yeah, yeah you're not dude, in
2: control. my kid's 16. I oh my gosh. it's, yeah. the, it's the it's the oh my god. I, I what you said is because you can't control it. Yep. So you, you yeah, can you can't control he, it, and you're up yeah. there watching, and you're like, "Gosh, I would do this," and I, and then you're like, "I would, I'm looking for this," and your kid goes up there, and uh, you know, he's a pitcher, my kid's a hitter, he yeah, strikes yeah. out, and you're like, "Son of a bitch, why did you strike out?" And you're, I'm sure he gives up a home run. And you're like how do you give up a home run? That, I
0: did, he was yeah. looking for the damn curveball. I got to give him a side note, though. That's because AJ swung at everything, and his kids got like uh, – Oh, yeah. He's got the Mark McGuire walk is as good as a hit on yeah, him. Yeah, he's got the plate <laughs> discipline, which is going to carry him. So, I, I will That's give him good. That. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, Mac, hey, we really appreciate the time, man. It was awesome to catch up with you, have a good long combo. We've been looking forward to this. So, thank, thank you, you very man. much for the time, and uh, appreciate yeah, it. AJ, and, appreciate and good luck it. to your son.
1: Thank you very much, guys.
0: Thank Thanks, you, Appreciate, Appreciate it, it hey, um, And for everyone watching and listening to Legends Territory, uh, for more info on your favorite former players, hit up baseballalumni.com. Thank you for uh, setting this up to the MLB Players Alumni Association. And if you're watching this, there's also the pod version on Apple and on Spotify. We'll see you next time on LT. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbocasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.